Sterling, a.k.a. What if Donald Sterling was black, a.k.a. Young Cleasy? Yeah, we need an entire episode to think through what if Donald Sterling was black. That's, that's why I named myself that. <laughs> I think that's actually an entire episode there. But anyway, guys, glad to be with you guys again, man. I hope that uh, the Lord is strengthening you through these times, these 2020 times. We almost done, y'all. Hopefully 2021 is different. Um yeah man we have a great episode lined up for you guys today you know the election's coming up and so we came across a great documentary that we thought would kind of play into some election themes some greater issues that we should be talking about so we wanted to actually do a documentary review of the documentary stockton on my mind Stockton on my mind, bro. I love John Stockton. John Stockton stays on my mind, bro. <laughs> All out incredible. Ain't nobody better than John okay. Stockton. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the Stockton that I was talking about. I was talking about the Stockton, California. Um, which, Stockton, to be honest I don't with know you, him. <laughs> nah, to be honest with you, I ain't know him either because I didn't know anything about Stockton until I watched this documentary. But it's a great documentary. Um, we encourage everyone to. You know, we're going to be talking about it, but we encourage everyone to check it out. It's on HBO. So if you have HBO, it's Max now, not HBO Go. But if you have HBO Max, you can check that out. And I think it's worth checking out just so you can, you know, I think it's always great to put yourself in other circumstances. And I think the documentary really does a good job of putting you in someone else's circumstances. So that you can not always be thinking about your life and what's going on with you and actually be brought to care about what's happening across the world so i encourage everyone to check it out and we're going to be diving into a lot of the issues that were raised uh in particular in stockton but i think can be looked at from a national standpoint because a lot of what's happening in stockton is happening all across america so i think the documentary raises some very pressing issues that we should be thinking through but anyway keep it locked you are now listening to the city image podcast what is up family it's brian the theological giant i just want to thank all of you for listening to the city image podcast your continued support gives us the ability to produce faith-based content that is relevant to the urban context if you haven't already Subscribe to City Image so that you won't miss any of our episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast on every major platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing our podcast helps us grow our audience. Also, if you've been blessed by our work, please consider sharing our content with friends and on social media. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The City Image and make sure to like the City Image Facebook page as well. Lastly, Feel free to email any feedback, thoughts, and comments on any of our episodes at cityimagepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the episode. All 
All right, guys, welcome back to the City Image Podcast. We are talking about the documentary Stockton on My Mind. Uh, Varlene, what were your initial thoughts? All right, so let's talk about Stockton on My Mind. So the only reason why I actually um, stumbled upon this documentary is because, you know, I got that free subscription from AT&T. And so I was like, I got HBO. I'm not saying I was like, I got HBO. Now let me check this out. I've been feeding for some HBO. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, I, I, I love documentaries. And so, um, one of the documentaries that I, I watched was Stockton on my mind. And, um, as long as the, as, as well as the documentary that also everybody should watch is, it's about Yusef which is really cool. And it just showed me that, um, Reverend Al Sharpton is the real MVP. So, so y'all need to watch that documentary because it's so good. But um, you know, I met Al Sharpton once. What happened? Yeah. I met Al Sharpton yeah. once. No way. Was, yeah, we were. Uh, I was at a diner in. Um, oh, what, Pella? I feel no. like I would meet Al Sharpton at a diner. I met him at a diner in Co-op City. And oh shoot! Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, but he wasn't. Was he wasn't. Quick. He. He's not in Stockton on my mind, though. So Stockton on my mind is about this really young guy named Mike Tubbs who ends up Who is the next Barack Obama, it seems. For for real. Go ahead. (laughs) For real. Um, So first, he pretty much um, comes back to Stockton after leaving for college. He starts um, getting involved in activism and politics. He started out as a councilman, and then he ran for mayor, and he won. And so the documentary pretty much highlights his life, his family's life, and then also his uh, run as mayor and a bunch of the programs that he rolls out during his term as mayor. And I think he still is mayor of, of Stockton. Um, he's pretty young. I think he's like our age. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, he's 30 now. And he's, yeah, yeah. He's, still, he's still the man. He's younger than me. It's nuts. I mean, cheese, Louise. <laughs> and so, I mean, I got really inspired just watching him do so many things and for his community and just how much he really felt. What's, what's the word I'm looking for? He really felt like he needed to go back and do good for his community. And so... Um, I was really, really inspired by that. And so a bunch of the things that he rolled out that was highlighted in the story was one called Advance, uh, one program called Advance Peace. Um, and it's pretty much where they get uh, 1% of the population who were the like actual shooters and gangbangers, people committing the violence and crimes in the, the, the community. They got them to, I guess, do internships and various other, provide them with various other social services and pay them. Doom, doom, doom. What? I think that's where a lot of people were like, wait, y'all, you know, and you, you, you heard, um, certain, uh, like voiceovers of where people were just kind of like not feeling the fact that they were paying, you know, ex-con, ex-convicts, to be part of a program so that it would keep them away from crime. I'm like, and yeah, all of this was. Wild. I ain't gonna lie to you. Seriously? <laughs> it doesn't yeah. 
sound wild. Like, and, and, and it that doesn't sound wild to you? Oh, no, okay. it doesn't. That, that it, doesn't sound wild to me. To me, if I'm like, yo, do you know where your taxes go in the first place? A lot of your taxes go into the pockets of some politicians and some nonsense like that. But if my dollars can go into making other people's lives better and then in turn turns our society into a better place to live, our community into a better place to live and to get out this rat race, not rat race, but get out this cycle of coming out of prison, going back into prison. If we can provide people the things that they need and opportunity, like, yo, I want my taxes to go to that. I don't want my taxes to go so, to something. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Go to so here's absolutely. the thing. So here's the thing. When you explain it logically, it makes sense. But at face value, to be told that you're you're going to pay criminals to kind of get them to stop committing crimes, that it, it hits you at face value as um, like like um, complimenting or rewarding criminal activity. That's that's what it hits you as at face value. Now, obviously, when you think it through, like the documentary shows that there's actually a lot of thought into this and it actually goes into what you believe even causes criminal activity in the first place, then you can see where if if you apply financial assistance to some of these individuals that have incentives to not commit crime, that that doesn't autom- like that that's something that at first value it, it it didn't hit me like that when I first heard about it. I was shocked. But then the documentary went into it and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, you're right. Like, uh, face value sounds wild, right? Like, what? But <clears throat> I'm finding, I'm finding people are far more comfortable with being um, intellectually lazy uh, when it comes to these things. Because it's like, you hear that and you, you know, you really think people are that dumb, like, you come out of prison, let's just give you money, right? There's got to be something. Nobody wants to take the logical next step. Let me let me research and understand. And that was highlighted to me in the video, in the documentary, when when uh, they had the, the the town hall and they were talking about these different programs. And and this one woman was just outraged. She's like, "My taxes aren't going to this and to that." I'm like, "You don't even understand what this is about. You just see your money going to black people and you're not with it." And so, and so I was like, that's what's really underneath it. And you don't, you don't care enough. You don't care enough about that black body to even go deeper and to ask questions and to educate yourself. It's not worth your time. Your money is going to a black body. So you're not with it, but always my, my life is about asking why, why, why are these black bodies in prison? If you understood that, if you were not intellectually lazy, you would do the work to find out why, and you would be outraged, and you would be like, how much of my money needs to go to this so that we can solve this problem? Um, so, so it was just, this document, this documentary was so, it was a little triggering, because I've been in these conversations with folks particularly white folks who don't get it, who don't get what, um, what is hurting, what is really plaguing America and what's hurting black America. 
and 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 they make these assumptions and they don't do the hard work to try to understand when someone's like black lives matter that's a socialist marxist yo can you can you like not be dumb for 5 seconds and 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 do the research and try to understand um instead of holding on to to what you believe um holding on to really your privilege uh so so I really feel like this documentary is uh, the undertone is highlighting yo basic human empathy, just basic human empathy. That's why we're so messed up. We don't empathize anymore. We we can't see That's a city like Stockton that is messed up, and and we're just like ah, that's a terrible place. I wouldn't want to buy a home there. I want to stay as far away from there. I think one of the, uh, in the beginning they're they're showing that video from like the sixties or seventies, and uh, like, people were like, oh, I don't want to be around Negroes and stuff like that, right? Yo, if you if you just started asking the question why why is Stockton like that, it would break your heart, and you would be forced to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm either gonna do something about it. Or my comfort is far more important than the suffering of others, and so this documentary it broke my heart. It it upset me. Um, it gave me hope. Uh, uh, it even challenged the way that I thought. But um, so I, I I can't recommend this documentary. I went on a tangent because I just I felt it inside. That's okay. That's okay. I had to get it off my chest. It's cool. Um, it's cool. Um, so what I got from the documentary when I watched it was, first of all, it gave me hope for politics in this country, um, number one, because for me, um, politicians in general, whether I've admitted it or not, have become scumbags in my mind like all of them um and it's it's a very narrow way to view politicians in particular because i think the the general sort of feeling you get is none of them really care care um they're all about really trying to cement more power and more you know cement their own legacy um, they're slimy. They say whatever they need to say to 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 sort of get as far as they can in their career in politics. And I think that for me, I had to kind of check myself as I was watching this documentary. Now, obviously, um, I don't know um, what's his name, Michael. I don't know why. I feel like Michael. Michael, Michael yeah, Tubbs. Michael Tubbs. Michael Tubbs. Yeah, Michael Tubbs. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of blind for a second. Um, <clears throat> Now, obviously, I don't know Michael personally. I only seen a documentary. Documentaries can be one-sided, <laughs> um, but from what I could discern, he seems like a really genuine, good person that cares very much about the city he was from, and got into it to help people. You know, and I think for me, that was important to see. It it was important for me to see that because. It made me go, you know, like for me, participating in politics has been hard. It's not something I want to avoid doing, but it's been hard because I don't really see people that I can get behind. Like, I, I don't really see people that I can kind of trust and champion. 
But watching this man made me go, man, look, I wish I could kind of live in Stockton right now just because, uh, you know, people people might say Stockton this, Stockton's that, but Stockton has a leader that cares about Stockton. <laughs> and yeah. for me, I'd rather live in a place that I know for a fact they have leaders that care about the city versus they have leaders that are there to establish their own legacy. So it was good for me to see that. that that's kind of one of the the first things I kind of took away from it. And and I would say also too, just to cap off, like what you said, Clay is also what I took from it as well. Like it brings you to a place of empathy. It brings you to a place of escaping yourself and empathizing with the other, caring about what's going on. And then also asking yourself, are you empathetic about where you're at? Because we obviously can't all move to Stockton, but what does it look like to, to really, you know, it was it was wild. Even seeing him, like literally, talk to homeless people, like literally on the corner, like interacting with homeless people. But he's the man. Yeah, like they're like they're human. Like they're human. Yeah. Like they're yeah. human. You and know? it wasn't like a there wasn't like a ton of security around him. Right. Or like you know, because to be honest with you, it almost seems like that's something that you send somebody else out to do gather information, uh, you know, about how to help homeless people from homeless people, if you even talk to homeless people at all, right? Yeah. So it was just wild, you know, and... And you can tell that wasn't for the cameras. That's something that yeah. he does frequently. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. He, he looked like he was into it, that he knew what he was doing. So... Just treating people like people, man. So that was good, man. It was good. It was, it was good for me to actually see somebody in politics that I feel like, yo, I could wholeheartedly support somebody like this. And I kind of wish we had more leaders like this. And maybe we yeah. do, and I'm just not seeing them, but that's what I got from it. To, to, to your point, Brian, like you, you're, you're like, that's someone I can see getting behind. But, you know, for me, and I'm sure for, for us, you know, seeing Michael Tubbs, it wasn't just seeing somebody that I, I could see myself getting behind. It's somewhat I can see myself in. I can see myself. It was so encouraging to me. I was like, I can make a change in my own community. I don't need to be a 70-year-old white guy in politics to make some change. I mean, Michael, he, he got elected. He was 20, 27, 26? Yeah, 27. 26, I believe. Running while he was 26, yeah. And... and and this idea that these things are unobtainable and he was able to obtain them, I'm like, why am I not more involved? I don't necessarily need to run for mayor, but I saw myself in, in, in Michael and I was like, we, we can really be participants in this society um, on a whole different level. And so it's really encouraging to see a, a young black man, young black person, period, um, step into that position. Yeah, it's interesting just, just off that point because I think that the the belief is that we need someone older and wiser to to take us to where we need to be. Sometimes you just need young energy, youthful optimism, youthful a sense of like, you know, I'm sick and tired of seeing the way, sometimes I'm not going to lie, like older folks 
have an establishment mentality. Like, this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's going to be. You know, and sometimes it's the younger folk with the passion that goes, look, we can't stand for this anymore. You know, I know I'm only 26 years old, but I want to step in and I want to do everything that I can, you know, and I think sometimes, and obviously you don't want to just throw any young person anywhere or, or you don't really want to put any old person anywhere. Like, I feel like age doesn't necessarily guarantee good leadership is the point that I'm getting to, right? Yeah. Like you can be a young person and be knowledgeable about the issues and be passionate about the issues and bring a whole level of energy to want to, to bring that change that you want to see. Yeah. They, you know, Really, if we step back and examine just world history, um, so much change has happened because of the efforts of young people. I mean, first of all, Jesus' disciples were were young people, right? Um, Those who fought in World War I and II were 18, 19, 20, decided the fate of the world. Um, The Civil Rights Movement, it it was young people. It was young. Martin Luther King was young. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, so to your point, and just watching this documentary, it just, it charged me up, man. Like, I'm like, there's so much more that I'm capable of doing in my young age. Um, so, so yeah, I, I agree. Like, you don't have to be this, this, this documentary really showed you don't have to be this older person to really be impactful in the world yeah yeah i i got a lot from the documentary and to kind of uh piggyback on everybody was saying like seeing him do what he does with the rollout of the programs and actually going out in the community every time something was happening or just going down the community to let people know what was going on in regards to the resources that he was providing for them. I just saw so much Jesus. His politics was more of a, not you come to me, but we come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really sensed, I, I mean, I got that. You mean you, you saw like how he was trying to push and promote the, the uh, Stockton Scholars Program. I mean, he had himself and others going out to these colleges and promoting that program. And I just saw so much Jesus. I mean, he quoted Jesus himself in that um, documentary, which I I love because you could tell that he really embodied that. And he didn't he he really meant that for all people, homeless people, convicts, single moms, um, youth who are, you know, in those situations that keep them oppressed and keep them in the type of society that kind of keeps the card stacked against them where they have to gangbang, rob, and kill, shoot, and all that stuff. And he, he saw beyond that. And the fact that he was just such a relatable person. I mean, he could relate to everybody in Stockton because his life was that. He had the cousin who died at a party. He has the father who's in jail. You know, he has the single mom who walked on the stage in high school with him in his hand, him in her hands. And so the fact that I just feel like we need more leaders like that because that's where people say, hey, that's someone that can actually listen to me and get to know me, and I can actually see where 
um, politics is actually um, helping not just me, but my whole entire community. And, um, you know, of course, I think that just like Jesus did, he has, you know, he had many haters because they feel like he's, it's, 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 you have many people who have that, like, I'm going to bring back the, the, the Mark Charles and Sun genre. They have that American exceptionalism, individualism ingrained in their body so much that when they see something that is for people universally, universally, they're like, oh no, oh no, you have to get up by your own bootstraps. My money is not paying for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, well, that's not the way it was designed to be. And, and I feel like truth is truth, no matter where it comes from. And I think that Christians and non-Christians see, well, some Christians and some non-Christians see that, right? That we were, we were meant to live collectively and collaboratively. Oh, Carlene, you sound like a socialist. Oh no. We weren't meant to live individually. (laughs) And so when you have someone like that that's really trying to push that like you said people start thinking you're a socialist you're a marxist you're 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 this you're that you're liberal you're far you're far left and in my head i'm just like but no like this is why mental health illness is so high this is why violence is so high because all of these things that in, are ingrained in us kill us, kill us, it kills us. And, you know, we, we love to make things an I issue instead of a we issue. Because I really honestly believe that a lot of the reasons why things happen the way they do in individual people's lives is because they weren't given the, and I would say, you know, I wanna just say for the minorities, and, and, and specifically to the black and brown communities, we are, we don't live, we don't live collectively. We, we, we really were broken so much to the point where we don't know what that means. We don't know how to be consistent in it. We don't know how to, how to rock in it. We don't know how to live in it. It's so uncomfortable. We just know how to do what we do, how we do, how we've been doing it. And this is why you have 400 years later, we still live in the way we've been living. And, and, and it's, it gets worse. It doesn't get better. And I think that he is making so many great strides. And I wish that many other leaders can look at him and see how they can acquire funds privately and get this money so that they can get these programs off the, um, off the ground. And also how they could really promote um, not just better living, but community living. And like you said, human empathy. Um, because seeing, seeing those young folks and seeing that youth advocate, advocate work for those children was just very heartbreaking, but also inspiring to see that there was somebody that cared. And I wish that there was an overabundance of that. I really do. We don't have an overabundance of it. We all we always just have like that one person that's supposed to carry a job that's for a whole community. You you know what bugs me out? What what was 
uh, you know, upsetting for me. You know, the last six months, last, forget six months, last six years, talking to folks about the racial issues in this country, just, just trying to help people see what the, the true underbelly of this nation is and, and just being bombarded, just, just being so frustrated with the counter arguments. Like if I'm saying, yo, I'm tired of police brutality. And then I've had dozens of, it's particularly white people who will say, well, what about black on black crime? What about, what about the neighborhoods and the communities and black communities that are messed up? What about that? And, my, and, and when I watch this documentary, I'm like, that, that, that's what's going on. Like, there are people who care about black on black crime. Black people care about black on black crime. That's not what we're talking about right now. But we care about, you don't really care about black on black crime. Because where are you? See, we in our neighborhoods. Michael Tibbs, Michael Tubbs, sorry, went to Stanford. Could have gone out, got a job anywhere else. Ah, he went back to Stockton to help end black on black crime. Literally, because it was the his friend who said, How many more people need to die for you to come back? And and he he went back because of black on black crime and, and and so my my questions are and there's so many listen Michael Tubbs gets a uh, a Netflix special um, it's a really inspiring story uh, he I'm sorry he gets a documentary it's a really inspiring documentary but there are so many other people he's not one person there's so many other Michael Tubbs out there who are doing real work in these communities. And so it's a spit in those people's eyes. And, 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 and furthermore, my question to those who would say, what about black on black crime? I'd say, then where are you? Are you helping to end it? Oh, you don't really have empathy. You just want to be dominant. So if you have really had empathy, why don't, you, why don't you hit up that camp? Why don't you donate to what Michael Tubbs is doing? Or to, I'm sure, thousands upon thousands of other people who are in these communities that have been um, uh, just like by design destroyed or by design created to be this microcosm of violence and drugs and, and crime. Where are you in the conversation? And so, I, you know, yeah, so I'm watching that documentary and it, it's just frustrating because it's just reminding me like, yo, people don't really want to see us. Yeah, like um, in this country. To your point, um, <clears throat> both of you guys brought up points that I want to hit on. Um, to that point, Clay, uh, in the documentary, there was this, there was one part of the documentary where he gets elected, and then you know there were some detractors that show up to I think a town hall meeting, and the police are there, and it's crazy, and the the media kind of descended on that situation, and kind of they were showing that on the media. And then when that was over, you know, um, you know, I forget the name of the individual who was kind of working with him, sort of like his, someone on his um, administration. Um, Ooh, the, the guy or? It was a guy. Uh, I forget his name, like a Latino dude. Yeah. The ex-gang member or? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
the, he, was he was one of his like probably kind of like his assistant. Yeah, like assistant, his assistant. Like his assistant. Oh, 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 you know, oh that guy. Yeah. He, he made a very good point. He was like, "Look, when the negative was here, that's when the media was here. When when negative stopped and the media left, and all the good stuff that we were doing in the community, you know, they showed up to make make um, Michael look bad, but." They didn't want to focus on the positive. And Clay, mm-hmm. I think that the, the the issue is when we say, when people criticize us and say, oh, what about black and black crime? The media is not showing up in the neighborhoods of Chicago and highlighting the programs that are being implemented right now to try to stop the violence in that city. They're not showing up in Stockton. They're not showing up in wherever the, the crime hotspots are in, in the nation because there are people, boots on the ground, working very hard to stop that, but that's not what gets to play. That's not what people see. But to your point even further, Clay, even if the media wasn't highlighting it, if people would actually do the research because they actually cared, they mm-hmm. would know that those programs are ha- happening, right? So it's because people lack empathy that, you know, they, they don't know that there are many Black people concerned about this. Many black people. I mean, I would say the majority of black people, right? Like we care about black and black crime. We care about black bodies. The the majority of black people care, and there are many black people who are actually boots on the ground doing things, like actually like doing not just I care, but actually doing the work. So, and that comes out in many different ways. It comes out in many different ways. But Varlene, you said something earlier where you talked about how Michael Tufts is able to relate to his community because he was the person who grew up without a father. He was the person with, you know, his mother graduating with, you know, being a single parent. Um, And to me, that's a perfect picture of uh, what, uh, of how, like, the pain that we experience in our life can can lead to a greater level of empathy, can lead to a greater level of understanding. And then that can it's, itself uh, bring about the change we want to see. And so, you know, if Michael didn't go through in, any of that stuff, you know, could he be an effective leader? Probably. Could he deeply relate? Could he be as passionate as he was? Is he? I doubt it. Right. You know what I mean? And so I just think that that's a lesson for us because I think sometimes when we grow up, you know, for me, I grew up, I, 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 don't, I don't know my father. And my father died before I got a chance to ever meet him. I only remember having one brief phone call with him when I was like 10 or 11 years old or something like that. And so, you know, when I go through something like that or some other issue in my life, there's this sense of, why is that happening to me? What is the purpose? Now, I might not be able to answer that question fully, but I do know in part it is for me to begin to deeply empathize with people going through the same thing. Mm. You know, it is for me to be able to say, I can step into your situation and tell you that there is hope, not because of some sort of intellectual exercise in theology but because I actually lived it <laughs> and I can tell you, look, there's hope. You know what I mean? Like you can rise above the situation that you can, you know, you can, you can, you can find success. You can be whole, right. Even through all the pain that you're feeling. So I just think that that's a picture of not letting our pain 
go to waste. And I think that's a lot of what makes him an effective leader. Yeah. yeah I love that you said that part of like, you know, take a look at my life. I gotten through it and you can get through it and you can be whole. I think that, you know, it's more than just about success. It's about yeah. being whole and like God is concerned about the whole person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, of allowing people to really see that I think is far more important than the actual success piece, because there will be times where even in success, you will fail. But knowing that you can actually get through something is the real test. And he did too. You know, um, he actually got caught. They don't, they, don't, they don't put this in the documentary, but he did actually get pulled over while drinking and driving. And um, he got through it. He said it was a very, very um, irresponsible decision that I made. And I'm going to deal with it. And it didn't stop him from being the person that he is, which is an effective leader who cares about what people goes through because he similarly goes similarly went through those those situations as well. And I think, like you said, we can all learn from these things and allow them to really help us to be whole and teach others that they can be whole as well, be whole as well. Um, Another point that I wanted to bring up was the universal basic income that he had in there, which is like an American no-no. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think about that? Oh, my goodness. So I, I, <laughs> so there's this like, uh, it's not a growing trend. It's actually been around for a long time that socialism is like this like evil thing and don't get me wrong it is socialism is can be very oppressive but in this country it's it's so people are so it's so easy to like to scapegoat and be like that's socialism that's bad and da 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 when he's not a socialist right he's not a marxist he's not any of this stuff but we can be a democracy. We can be a capitalist society while giving a rip about people because capitalism at its core is bump everybody else. I got to get my back, right? But like, can we not be more evolved to like, all right, let's see if some of these ideas work from here. Some of these ideas work from here and let's try this and try that. And to see the pushback from people, I'm like, y'all really still trying to be like cavemen. That's what y'all really trying to be. You don't, you don't, you don't want to try to improve our society. Oh, because our society happens to work for better for a particular group of people. Let's not rock that system, right? But yo, you universal basic income, they were getting what, five hundred dollars a month? What's five hundred dollars a month? That's what I'm saying. What's $500 a month? <laughs> all, all $500 a month is, is just some relief from the grind that this person has been going through. Just a momentary relief. We can't give that. And that wasn't coming from tax money, which, bugged, which pissed me off when homegirls like, I'm not paying taxes for it. You're not paying for this. <laughs> That's not. Can you be logically sound? Can you be logically mature? That's just, that's not where it's coming from. 
But no, 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 no. We can't even come close to doing what's right because it doesn't benefit me. If they were like, yo, homegirl, you're going to get $500 a month too. She'd have shut up real fast. She'd be like, I'll take that. Right? But but she's not on that list, so she's not going to get that. So it's just we scream, Americans scream socialism when it's convenient. And they scream socialism when they don't want to do the hard work or don't want to go to a place of empathy. They scream social, Marxist, socialism. But, yo, can we tweak the system? Can we figure out, yo, some of these ideas work here. Come on. Let's do that. It, you know, it's all founded in, in, in it's, it's privilege. It's I don't want to give up anything. I don't want to give up anything. For, for, for who? For people that don't even look like me? Come on. Oh, you want me to give money to these poor, uh, 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 violence-filled, riddled neighborhoods? They're just going to buy more guns. They're, no, but you're not. You're not. You're, you're, you're not. You're not smart enough to sit at this table, is what I want to say to these people. You, you have... you. I want to be like Kanye West. Like, you ain't done the research, Sway. You're not smart enough to sit and have these conversations. You are, you are, you, you are, a, I don't, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, uh, it's just I so funny. I, I can tell <laughs> you had some conversations, brother. I've, <laughs> yeah. had, I've had many, many conversations. Yeah, those conversations are hard, but I think like, what you're asking for, for them to do, which is to logically think and ask the questions why, they don't want to do that. Nope. You know, they don't want to ask those questions. They don't want to think logically. They, like you said, want to stay in their privilege and not give up anything. And so when... And I would say I would say this. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't want to truncate the opposition to this as they don't want to think logically because the reality is that there are many 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 sophisticated arguments for why we should avoid something like universal income or any sort of welfare system now i think we definitely can disagree with those things and say that that is lacking empathy um but i think that what you're saying is true what undergirds even those sophisticated arguments is a desire to not step into the needs and step into the pain of other people, yeah. right? Because $500 a month, all that is really going to do is help somebody pay some bills. And the documentary kind of, I mean, I think they're still waiting on official studies for this, right? How, what, what, what ended up happening. But th there were people who talked about, look, my, my husband became, you know, unable to to work and we just needed this money, right? So mm -hmm. it was, it's, it's clear that, like, people definitely needed it. And even yeah. if they found people who were misusing it, that doesn't negate the fact that many people still need it. Still, absolutely. Right? So, I think there was one, one voiceover that I heard that was saying, like, this made a difference as of to what kind of birthday party I could give my child. Yeah. And people really think that's insignificant, but that's very right. significant when a child's probably yeah. living 
a life mm-hmm. that's very traumatic and they get one popping birthday party. You get what I'm saying? Like it makes Sense a difference. Of self. Like just, yes. just, I feel better about myself. That can change somebody's life. It, it, right. it really can. Right. And people really um, minimize those effects and what it can do. I honestly say that, you know, I lived in the projects for, and I tell everybody this, I lived in the projects for over six years in Brooklyn. Uh, Marlboro Projects, and I went to a community center that was very, very, very influential and impactful in my life and in my self-sense identity. And what they did was just really tell me about myself and who I was and where I came from. And when you are able to get even just some funds to kind of help give somebody a sense of self, it makes a big difference. It really can change the trajectory of someone's life. And I think that's definitely minimized in this country, <laughs> especially for people who look like us. 100%. It, it's, it's... 100%, Marlene. Like, you say growing up, you, you grew up in the projects, and, and you know, the, those community centers are so uh, impactful you know, the direction that your life went, but it could have very easily gone in a different direction, your life, right? Could have very easily been a tragic experience where, where how you grew up. And what people don't understand, what they don't understand is when you say, yo, pick your, why can't you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps? Let me tell you, the ghettos, the hoods, the, pro, the PJs were created by white folks, parents, and grandparents, intentionally. We knew that this was going to happen. There, you, can't, you can't redline the entire United States and force people into poverty and expect them to have even bootstraps. You, you took the boots away. There ain't no straps <laughs> to, to, to pull up from. You, you can't do that. But, but instead of examining that, just, just objective fact just academically looking at what cause and effect happens right we we got to scream from the from the mountaintops and i agree with you brian not everybody who there are very sound logical i'm not painting opposition as as dumb or ignorant but i'll tell you right now that the the woman in the documentary who was like my taxes ain't going to she's not smart that's what I'm talking about. That you, you're not, you don't have a logical agreed, agreed. platform to stand on or foundation. You are part of that 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 ignorant that that I would rather sit and talk to someone who can who can break down and and can explain. I don't know if this is good for our economy. That's a great conversation. Be smart. Be actually educate me. I'm down to be humble, but homie screaming this is socialism and that you you're you're not old enough to sit with the big kids at the adult table that's what i'm saying so yeah it's so it's so multi-layered this documentary i think what's really important i don't want to overlook this i know we gotta you know we should wrap up soon but the the documentary opens up with with michael tubbs singing god's plan by drake opens up with that. And I think that's so important. Come on. And, and I think that Michael understands that. He understood that this was God's plan. When we talk about God's plan, it doesn't necessarily mean that God wants you to be a mayor or anything like that, but like God's plan in my life, I was raised by a single mother. 
I was raised in a neighborhood that was real bad and my life could have, yo, the majority of the dudes I grew up with on my block are dead or in jail, but it was God's plan. And, and, and if we, if we focus on what God's plan is for our lives, yo, maybe something different will happen than what, what we're seeing. I think that's the underlying theme of this entire documentary is like, is in the darkest of situations, in the bleakest of situations, if we cling to God like his grandmother did, right? Like Michael's grandmother did, we cling to God. Yo, the, 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 the situation doesn't dictate our direction. If we cling to God for our direction. And that's really the most powerful thing in this documentary to me was, yo, look at God's plan for this man's life. Yeah. Look what happens when you align yourself with what God is trying to do. So, you know, that's my main, my main takeaway. Yo, that, that was beautiful, like, bro. I'm trying to dump people. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great way to end the episode, bro. That's a great way to end it, man. Um, yeah. Like I said, the documentary is talking on my mind. Please go check it out yourself. Very um, impactful documentary. Well, uh, signing out, man. This is Bryant, the Theological Giant. This is Varlene, the Wild Thornberry. This is Clay, a.k.a. Donnell Sterling, a.k.a. What If Donald Sterling Was Black. <laughs> and this is, this is City Image. Thank you guys for listening. Be blessed. Peace. Peace. City Image.